Hello, everyone, and welcome to your Uncle's Beach House episode 67. I'm Jackson. I'm joined by M as usual. There's never been a more time for anime. That's the most anime. <laughs> this is it. Yep. December 2022. That's no, when... I just meant what the thing we're covering today. We can't. You, there's no more anime than this. That's right. Um, I, mm, I, I would argue this is the least anime <laughs> when, when it comes to its tendencies. Um, well, we'll get into it. Uh, we are joined by a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Red. Uh, Red November in the Discord. Yeah. Um, I, it, someone pointed out, it's not actually me trying to be clever about the Gregorian calendar and the October Revel. I just, it's my birthday's in November. That's it. You know, I never considered that you were like doing third dimensional chess with oh, your gaming. <laughs> you know, I would, I would genuinely feel like just cringe in my stomach if someone's like, "Are you doing like third dimensional communism with your name?" <laughs> so, uh, so, someone pointed that out to me, and I was like, "Oh no!" I didn't mean like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, I think you're only allowed to get away with that if you're constantly like, oh, "I've been reading this like history book bubble." If you're that person, you're allowed to be like that. <laughs> there are people yeah. who are allowed to be like that. <laughs> Uh, that's so true. Gotta earn it. Uh, well, what did we watch today, everyone? What did you bring for us? Uh, I brought the Psychopath movie. That's yeah! damn right. Psychopath the movie. Uh, if you've not watched Psychopath the movie, fuck off. If you've uh, not seen season one of Psychopath, also fuck off. Yes, go watch those. Uh, you can also watch season two in between if you want. It's like not I the haven't. worst thing ever. <laughs> you, you haven't. It's fine. It's totally it's, fine. It's not like, you know, it's not like great. It's fine. And I have um, not seen anything past the movie. I try. I watched like five minutes of the first Sinners of the System movie and was like, this is boring uh, and stopped. <laughs> so that's how that went. Um, this is also a weird beach house in that um, we've seen this movie. This is my fourth time watching this movie. Fourth? Um, yes. How'd you get four? Well, oh. I watched it twice. I showed it to Destiny once and then I watched it for a fourth time now. There you go. Damn. Four four times. He didn't watch it that long ago. That's that's you know that's No, 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 no. Like this the, it, yes, they're all like relatively recent too. Um Yeah. Which I guess would speak to the fact that I love this movie. I think it's genuinely one of the best anime films ever created. Uh me too. Not even and yet not his best one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who Urobuchi? Yeah, Urobuchi, I mean sure. Yeah. Um no, that's just he's fucking on another level. It's so rude. <laughs> The early 2010s, just constant bangers. He he did this, and he did Rebellion, and then this, like, almost back-to-back. Back. And Gaim's in the middle there. It's oh, And then man. whatever the Rebellion sequel is also just tucked in a drawer about oh, the same right. time. Oh, right. He wrote that this time, and then whatever's going on with Shaft, uh, they're like, I guess we'll do it now. It seems like it's on fire. We'll see if it ever comes out. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, we're watching the Psychopath the movie, uh, which is... The theatrical sequel to the first scenes of Psychopath, written by Gennaro Bucci, uh, directed by who specifically directed the movie? Oh, uh, Katsuyuki Motohiro, uh, who's been working on the show generally, um, and uh, Naoyoshi Shiotani, who is the director of all seasons of the television show um, and the Sinners of the System, was working on like Ghost of the Shell, Innocence, yes. and Standalone Complex, like famous animation person who has slowly moved into directing. Um, and uh, Motohiro's also been working on, like, went on to work on, like, the Fuli, both Fully Cooly sequels, which people have very different opinions about. Yeah, I've not seen them on account of yeah. my steadfast hate hatred Fuli Cooly. of Fuli Cooly. Yes. <laughs> the first one. You're um, allowed. Uh, 
yeah. Uh, so a uh, lot, lot of lot of like you know, uh, uh, Shiatani has like directed all of Psychopaths and is technically more involved. Yet the writer of the first season and the movie only is obviously Gen Ribuchi. This is the guy we're interested in. Oh <laughs> yeah, he's also he's also co-writing with Makoto Fukami. Uh, yes, but like crucially, not involved in season two and no. the other stuff. In um, fact, season two has already happened by the time this show, this movie happens, which I think is important to understand. This is um, it's e- it's easy, and I'm going to indulge in it because I can. Reading this as Urobochi coming back and being like, "What you what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> um, this is not what Psychopaths is about." <laughs> uh, and then uh, Makata Fukami also uh, wrote in season one, but did not write season two. Like season yeah. two is a, a To Ubukata joint, who is. The uh, shitty guy that often fills in the Genner Obuchi. He recently did the oh, yeah, um, Genner backup guy who's also like a fucking wife beater. Yeah, that guy sucks. Yeah. He did the um, Ghost in the Shell Arise series, which I genuinely really like. That's his thing. He wrote he the he wrote the Ruby thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He doesn't mm, he doesn't have it. He, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. Um, Does not have it. No, the the the, uh, the uh, Arise stuff is is the the best of his I've seen. Obviously, not intend not like out to give him the benefit of the doubt given his personal life fuck him uh yeah uh, but that's kind of the background uh what's going on i don't know how much summary we're gonna do um like normally we are very heavy with summary but this is like a movie that we've all seen multiple times uh and i hear to talk about a little more like openly oh uh, i will i can give you a very brief summary let's give a brief summary that? so we can then just because i don't want to so, go scene by scene so so psychopath protagonist akane sunimori is still living in japan being a cop uh, going someday the people will wake up to the system and tear it down. If you don't know Japan in the, if you're just listening to this, there's probably some people who are just listening to this. Psychopaths <laughs> is a world in which basically the entire world succumbed to post-capitalist decay and crime and blah, blah, blah. Except Japan, who has entered a state of utopia because they're being run by the civil system, which is literally a bunch of like evil brains in jars that have assigned crime coefficients to everyone on the planet, like in Japan. And if you if your crime coefficient gets too high, the cops will come and fucking kill you. Um, yeah. They have guns that can scan your crime coefficients. Um, and the cops are like people with very clear auras who are team up with these these like criminals who are often cops used to be cops. So their crime coefficient went too high. And now they're like le- kept on leashes as like the enforcers and they team up together. And she's tied with this guy who is like a criminal and he ends up escaping, blah, blah, blah. The first season, she ends up yelling at the brains that she's going to prove that they're evil someday. And they're like, okay, well until then, do you want to work with us? She's like, yes, I'm a good cop. Uh, <laughs> because psychopath is a great show. Um, Anyway, she's still in that state um, and gets word that uh, Kogami, the guy who she was paired with, who ran away at the end of season one, uh, has been seen in Siyun, which is the Southeast Asian Union, which is a uh, amalgam of Asian states that have like fallen into a state of chaos. And there's been a lot of like civil wars and um, they're currently finishing up a civil war and testing the civil system because Japan wants to export the brains and vats technology to control the population, thinking that it's a very good thing and everyone's in line. And, you know, if it makes people flourish, you just murder everyone who disagrees with you, um, including uh, one of the things, key points, if you've not read, uh, if you've not seen Psycho Fest season one, one of the major characters who's like uh, labeled a criminal is a professor who just his crime coefficient went up because he read too many books. You read too much theory and you become a criminal. That's just true of psychopaths, generally speaking. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great show. Uh, anyway, she goes to look for him, finds out that this place uh, has 
in importing Japan system has mapped it onto their own, like very incompatible government system, which is like a dictator um, that is running a bunch of military guys who are clearly like just army, t- like, you know, they're guys who are do- fucking doing war crimes. And now they've been granted like control of a government and everyone who has a clear crime or a like, questionable crime coefficient has been turned into a functional slave with like a death collar on to serve the people who have clear psycho like psychopaths. Um, and Sunimori sees all this and goes, this is fucked runs across Kagami. Kagami is leading a bunch of terrorists uh, slash freedom fighters out in the, the jungles. Um, they're like hiding in temples and blah, blah, blah. Um, the Siun military calls in a group of like international super mercenaries uh, led by a guy uh, who's the fucking coolest guy in the world. Um, he's like this, like he's, he's like this black man with like a cyborg arm and leg. And he shows up quoting Franz Fanon, um, just the most honest bullshit man that's ever lived. Um, it just and, makes uh, me mad that like big boss wasn't doing that. <laughs> honestly honestly there's no reason in the world big boss is not this guy right he's literally just a big boss he's just big boss. other than other than i don't think kojima's read a book in his fucking life are you kidding me he has actually read a lot of books they're just not the right ones <laughs> anyway uh it turns into a huge uh clusterfuck as everyone starts fighting each other uh the mercenaries try to uh recruit Kagami, but he's an actual good guy and refuses to get uh recruited. Uh Tsunis Mori's guy lets him go. They've had like a big like dick measuring contest throughout the first season. Um and uh lies about oh my gun was broken because he let him go. And Sony Mori is uh, Sony Mori realizes that the civil system's already replaced the uh like the dictator that runs Sion with one of the brains and vats because the brains and vats can get like robot bodies. Uh literally as she was coming, she was coming as part of the entourage was going to replace the leader of this place with one of the brains and the vats. Um and then she's like, you have to you have to recruit yourself. You have to let the people democratically elect who they want. That's what it means to spread peace. And uh, the brain in the bat's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then she's like, good. And she turns the keys over to this now overthrown government to a bunch of people who've never done it before, gets on a plane and flies away. And as she flies away, she hears on the news that people have democratically elected the same brain in the vat that no one knows about. She <laughs> told him that to step down because the nothing brains. changes when you believe in voting. The brains love Akane. <laughs> yes. Uh, That's the end of the movie. Fucking great. Yeah. No. Classic There's film. literally a bit where she presses the gun into the chest of the, the, the guy who runs the country. He's now, now a robot. Brain of the bat. Whatever. And is like, people have died for the right to vote. You have to respect that. And then marches off. And they do. And they win. <laughs> um, yeah. It's great. It's fucking good. Um, the other main thing about this movie, if you've not watched it, is... Um, it's in Japanese, right? But in Seon, almost everyone speaks English uh, because it is an amalgamation of Asian states. And so you assume everyone there is like, you know, would be speaking Chinese or Vietnamese or Korean. Um, and so all the actors mostly speak very like heavily accented, like non-native English. Like, yes. Um, and this is, I think, extremely intentional to the point where I urge anyone who watches this movie to not watch a dub. In fact, there's even a nightmare dub, which is um, the original Japanese. But anytime someone speaks English, they cut in the dub of everyone speaking perfect English. And I, it's offensive. Mm, I will be getting into that later. <laughs> Did you no, 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 I'm research like, I would out like of to curiosity? Talk about this, yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I watched this for homework because I okay. found out how bad it is. Um, it is, so first of all, 
what you've just you just mentioned previous understanding of what this version of the movie is. Um, so first of all, not all characters get switched to the dub. Um, it is uh, the aim is this is a, a quote from the original release. There are a lot of characters in the film whose native and only language is canonically English. Uh, that's not true. That's a lie. Uh, this, a, are you about to tell me that only the Japanese characters speak perfect English? No, no, it's the opposite. It's um, the Japanese characters uh, speak with their original Japanese voice actors. Uh, Wong, Han, and uh, Desmond Rutaganda, the uh, mercenary, yeah. all they get switched to their dub because it's judged, well, they should be able to speak English because they're in this country where English is like their native language. And it's like, uh, mm, not, not quite. Um, also, there is no switching, uh, for, well, there's like, Nicholas Wong gets one line in Japanese to demonstrate that Akane is using a translator. Chairman Han, I think, you know, when it's revealed, like, he's a, he's just Sybil, uh, he switches to Japanese. Uh, otherwise, it's completely, the Japanese performance completely excised, not in the movie. No. Desmond Rutaganda never switches language. He only speaks English. That's that's wild. What? Him being able to switch on a dime is like key to his character. It's the point. It's the point. It's so <laughs> the stupid. Entire, the moment that he's like, "Oh, you're fucking Japanese." Okay, right. And I then guess he just I'll switches. Yeah, and he like like goes and starts taking the piss out of like current state of Japan in the psychopath universe. Like, oh, it's, he made just it's a very, simple system. Yeah. Uh, it's very important that he speaks like. You know, he speaks one language. It's just that, you know, he can read French, English, and Japanese because they're all, they're all that one language. It's, this is the thing. This is that he speaks this language very well. Yes. Um, it's very annoying. Um, also, Southeast Asian languages are in this movie. Uh, yes. Like, there are characters that speak, like, mm-hmm. uh, Vietnamese, like the woman banging on the window of the Kane's car when they're coming into Shambhala Float, the announcement of the election at the end, both mm-hmm. in Vietnamese. Nope. Switch to English. The, oh my god! The announcement at the end being in in Vietnamese is like so important because you've only heard, like you hear it from some of the like you said the, the woman at the start right, right but like you're mostly it, it dealing feels with, incidental. Yeah, but you're mostly dealing yeah, with like then, any official announcement from Seiyun is in is in English, uh, mm-hmm. and suddenly you hear this radio announcement, which is presumably the like actual communication network of the the people, not just the fucking cops next to the government, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And it's not in English. Finally, and you're like, oh, okay. The perception of this place is that English is the lingua franca, but that's because you are talking to mercenaries, <laughs> to uh, the like nobility of this place that are like you know pulling on Hong Kong history in many ways, right? Uh, as they, they they've all got like Xeon uniforms, they've all got the generic like when anime has to make a Germanic European inspired nobility class uniforms. So it's like pulling very directly from like histories of European colonialism uh, in Asia, but crucially, very importantly, there are no white people in this movie. Um, well, there's a couple. There's like a, mm. there's like one. There's there's a fucking yeah. horny knife lady. There's she's horny white. knife lady. Yeah. She she is white. Um, but that like there are, there's no like presence of American imperialism other than the language, right? Like the language well, is the legacy of that. This is the thing that Psychopaths like gives people the rope to hang themselves with. Yes. In that mm-hmm. in Psychopaths, you, you get the impression America's either gone or just like this. It is a failed state of its own. Um. The thing that Psychopaths assumes that you 
a no and allows you to just not think about if you want to like it can you can consider like a pass a bit of a cop test about this is the way in which Japan is set up is representative of America because the things that it glorifies about Japan are a post reconstruction, you know, Western turning Japan into a like little version of America that then exceeded at the things America wanted it to. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't, they have, they have policemen in suits with guns. Uh, they, they are, it's all about the, the technology, the scientific craft of criminality. These are American technological exports. They're American technological exports, but they're like very specifically Japanese based on like, yes, you know what? There, there's no army, right? There's no Japanese army. And like, uh, Pat Labor 2. Uh, also, insert Pat Labor 2, but also half of all anime about this topic, about the international state of post-World War II Japan uh, in, in like a sci-fi sense, right? Is often dealing with what happened after the war and the ways in which Japan is a subsumed nation uh, as like a agent of American imperialism, but often towards a gesture of we need to regain independence and become a like empire again. Um, and this is uh, this is what I meant when I said it's you know somewhat jokingly said this is the least anime movie right. in the world because it just <laughs> takes this idea into a back alley and kills it. <laughs> it just it. it because this this movie is about how in lieu of what happened in the real world in like not in lieu but in like in the actual world japan's military was uh terminated in america it was like took control of essentially japan's geopolitical uh future but the ruling classes of both are very aligned Uh, this is why they went from like such fierce enemies to like allies so fast Mm -hmm. uh like read history about this it's really interesting um and you get to see in, in Psychopaths the movie is all about how, like, the specific things that Japan does well in the 20th and 21st century are, like, these technological developments, uh, and they are their own uh, vision of American imperialism in Asia. Like, it, it's crazy just to see a fucking anime about how Japan is an imperialist front in Asia to, like, the threat of almost every other country in Asia, which has been true in history, right? Like, it's a thing that happened uh, over time um, with the Japanese Empire. There were, you know, many, many war crimes committed. Uh, and it's just wild to see one of these dealing with that head-on. Like, it doesn't blink from how evil a state Japan has been in the past. Uh, well, yeah, it, it also it deliberately situates in the absence of America, Japan would just step up and be America too at yes. this point. Mm-hmm. And it would the, the 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 character of that would change instead of an army, it is now you know this peaceful this peaceful technology and the cops with the the guns that make you explode to enforce it. Um, but they're going to do it very scientifically. None of that hoorah uh, GI Joe shit anymore. Because like, in Psychopus, Japan doesn't have an army, but it has algorithms. It has data banks. Yes. It has like uh, network infrastructure, uh, and it has policemen. Um, yes. And those are just the tools it uses to do imperialism. Yes. Um, and specifically, a sort of like <laughs> post globalized euro devised imperialism right mm-hmm. like the things that it's talking about the way it interacts with Sion is deliberately meant to be an east versus west clash like the way in which japan like akane is horrified by Sion is the ways in which europeans going to asia are like scandalized by the exotic nature of their violences right yeah <laughs> like it's it's deliberately racialized along those lines i mean the thing that like akane is horrified by is like the colors um, yes. When she 
She's a color. She, she shoots. The, she kills the people with the bat. Like, she does. She, she does it all the time. Yeah. Yes. But she hates like seeing the marker of the divide. Like the whole point of the civil system to her is to be this invisible pressure creating the perfect society. When you see the fact that it is just violence in front of you, she like hates that that bubble's been burst. That's like the thing she finds yeah. so repulsive about. One this. of one of the only scenes that is not directly tied into all of this stuff. Uh, overseas in the movie is her going with her old friend like they were in school together uh shopping as she's just trying on just dresses and talking about her hopes for the future about how she's like gonna get married it's gonna be great blah 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 and it's the big like ah yeah this is what i'm fighting for this is why i put up with the, the brains in the jars is because it allows my friend the ability to shop in peace and not have to worry about crime because crime's eliminated <laughs> and then immediately rubs her nose and what that looks like anywhere um, well, specifically, like she's getting married, uh, yes, because of like a match the civil system made. Yes, um, it's really I- funny. She's she's like, well, you know, of course there are issues, but Sybil was right. He's the perfect guy for me. But there are issues, and it's like, well, this is just a normal. You just met a guy, <laughs> right? Yeah, you just met a guy, uh, and let's. I believe her when she says that, right? Like this is a this is a person yeah. who genuinely does appreciate, like, due to her position in this world as, like, a fairly well-off person in a good class, uh, enjoys the mental load of, like, thinking about society being taken off her. Um, But, like, the thing that struck uh, out to me in this conversation is, like, the way in which this arranged marriage, like, went off was they still had to connect to, like, his parents. She doesn't call him. She calls his parents. Uh, And I found that really interesting as, like, a thing that was, like, vestigial about how um, this algorithm is like being subsumed into whatever f- familial structures he's dealing with and not replacing them entirely, uh, which you would think it would be doing, right? Like the whole point of an algorithm is you don't have to like get approval from someone's dad. Uh, and I, I didn't have like further thoughts there. I just thought it was like a, a great line. Yeah. But it does show that for the people, there's plenty of people in Japan who get to live in the empire, right? Like yes. the system works, they're very happy, and Akane has to like live with them, right? She's surrounded by people who just don't know. As like the one person who does know, um, she's like, oh, yeah, I guess it does work for everyone around me. And then has to look at the fact that, like, that is not true (laughs) for the rest of the movie. Yes. Because the minute because Japan lives in a place where, like, all the people who could be like a problem have been already pushed out of society, uh, more or less. And she's done most of the pushing. Right. Um, Yeah. But it no, was done nice very normally. It, yeah, so yes, it's done it's very, very politely, and they look at the computer, the computer goes, it's okay to kill this person, and then they fucking explode them. Yeah. Oh, the body horror is so good. Those people totally <laughs> explode all the time. Uh, and so she has to go to a place where, like, people are literally, like, poor in the streets begging to be let into the fake little Japan they've built, right? Where everyone gets scanned and it works the way it should. And that pe- those people are supported by a slave class because they don't actually have enough people who are cle- psycho-clear to self-sustain they have to bring in dubious people to like a, a middle class to literally be slaves that could die at any time it's very it's very funny that akani sees all this and her husband's like oh, sybil would never allow this it's like the what's <laughs> happening that literally sybil made this what are you talking about yeah um it's very good and then running across kagami is just like uh i'm fighting for a democratic nation here <laughs> like what what do you think i'm doing yeah, he was like, after I... committing I... crimes. <laughs> it's so funny that, like, and intentional, right, that her entire view on this situation is criminality, because that's what, like, it's a cop show, right? That's what the show is about. But uh, you can't really talk about crimes in a guerrilla war, right? Like, it just the, the entire legal right. framework doesn't work. Uh, 
And she acknowledges this. She's like, well, well, crimes aren't just like, they don't spring from the ether, like legal systems. They are like representative of the will of the people. And, you know, her naive, stupid solution is electoralism. Uh, but <laughs> it is funny watching her like grapple with this. And like, well, there's, there's one, there's one scene where she's coming into town and Wong's explaining to her that they just, they're just mopping up the last remnants of like the, the, the junta and the civil war as they're driving underneath like bodies hanging from lampposts. Yes. In, in the, the main city, like this is, this is terror tactics to keep the population in line. Yeah, no one here is happy. There's no, there's no like middle class like there is in Japan. It, this is a yeah. war torn, impoverished nation that has been ravaged by these wars, uh, and some faction that sucks has pushed its way to the top of whatever uh, like internal struggle was going on, and now they have the backing of the civil system. Yes. Yeah. There's a whole thing where she's like, maybe, maybe the civil system's broken, and their crime coefficients are like not being detected correctly. Um, and that is like it turns out true. that's true, but that, that was the entire point all along. Uh, because you can't do a fucking like invasion of a nation and like consolidating power and uh, uh, an imperial project with people who are nice. Yeah, you well, can't there's literally do that. a bit where when when she follows Wong into his like fighting the terrorists when there's like a big uh, quote unquote police action right where they are firing missiles into like the slums where the terrorists are. She's like, no one involved in this could have a clear psychopath. Like you were, the violence is precluding anyone from living under the system that I like we're professing here. Uh, yeah. uh, but does not see the contradiction of like, yeah, that's, that's the whole reason the system cannot work. Right. Like the, the criminality is defined by living in a post, uh, like post strife world where you've already gotten rid of everyone who disagreed with the system in the first place. Yes. Um, I, I, I like how much this like senses the idea of, uh, in general, like morality as it exists in like the political discourse is so shaped by just how, uh, I don't, I don't know. I was, I would say Western, but I also mean Japan, I mean like developed nations, like, you know, like people in the G8, right. Uh, how they interface with violence. Um, and that's like the entire thing with the, uh, with the psychopaths is like, in in Japan, Akane can see when someone's like going off the track and like doubting society. The the whole framework doesn't exist. You cannot impose that framework on the global South, right? Like, and just expect the morality to like keep up with them. Uh, I think about like you can have debates in the psychopath universe in the way that you would say like, oh, is it going too far to you know bomb an Amazon warehouse or whatever? Uh, which you can't have in the middle of a fucking actual civil war in an actual war torn nation. Uh, just a whole different framework. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then in the middle of that, you have Rudaganda, who is um, just on his bullshit. <laughs> he rolls. So Rudaganda shows up and he's like, he's got a Hawaiian shirt. He's just fucking living his cyborg life, quoting Fanon to Wong, who calls him. And Wong clearly does not know who the fuck Franz Fanon is, right? Like, no. Um, <laughs> Um, and specifically is quoting about the ways in which um, in the wretch of the earth, Fanon talks about how th there is a clarity and purifying force to violence against your oppressors in a colonial system. And it unites people. Um, and that's like a good thing that is worth doing. Um, and you, you ask yourself, well, then why is a why is a mercenary 
uh, working for a guy who's trying to be the colonizing force? And the answer seems to be, suggests to be, that once once the civil system starts pushing out of Japan and into the full world, it will create more violence that is looking for a leader to be like the a force against the civil system. And he wants to be a guy to marshal those forces into his own nation state. Basically. He is quite literally big boss. Yes. <laughs> because his, his pitch to, to Kogami when he's like trying to recruit him, um, is specifically the, the big boss thing of like, we are soldiers. I look out for soldiers. The war is coming to all of us. Uh, this is just the job. Like I, like, Kogami has also done a bunch of evil jobs for shitty people, right? Like, uh, he was yes. working for the civil system, so it wasn't quite the same situation. Uh, but I don't believe that uh, he is any more, like, evil and compromised than Kogami by doing this job, right? Like, Kogami's also worked for the civil system murdering guys. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rudaganda specifically is operating on the two, two differences. There's the big boss thing where it's like, this government will never support soldiers by its very nature. We have to be excluded. Thus they will eventually supplant us. And so we need to take ours, but also just a purely mercenary warlord. I would like my own nation. Thank you. I think I deserve it. Yeah. He does not have the like fake sanctity that is applied to big boss sometimes. Well, he's not the legendary soldier. (laughs) No, he's just a guy looking after his homies. Yeah. He also gets like three scenes. Yes. It's, such an impact the thing the thing with big boss though is that he still is also making his own fucking nation right like big the thing about that kojima is is not a guy who can see is that big boss fundamentally is full of shit and is just making a new empire right (laughs) he never gets the chance to make it real but he would have if he was able to i Uh, mean like like the metal gear thing uh is all about nukes is the thing like nukes and psychopaths um because it's all about the cops uh and like the uh what's the non Zanzibar land one? Um the actual one. Out of heaven. Fuck. How do I do this? <laughs> What's wrong with me? Uh the whole thing is that through like pure force you can become recognized as a nation and only when you've like achieved that level of force uh will there be like stability and you be accepted in the geopolitical world order or whatever. Yes. Uh, that is not what Rudigan is about at all. He is just like, I'm here to be a soldier uh, with some homies and find some, like, belonging for that. Because, you know, one of the only black characters in the movie, one can assume that, like, whatever his situation was before, he does not have, like, you know, a homeland to go back to because it's also been ruined in the same way that Siyun has. Uh, we don't yeah. get any, like, look into what's going on uh, in, like, Africa or wherever. Uh, you know, could be from um, many places. It does not go into it ex- explicitly. Uh, but I would assume yeah. Africa. Uh yeah i mean the thing is his his um like his blackness exists as like a context of what war-torn nations look right Mm -hmm. like right like you know he's got he's got a french name and an african name that's not on on accent he's reading french fanon yeah Uh, also he's got he's got military cyber equipment in him right like he is someone who at one point was tied to moneyed nations i read you were saying Oh no! I, it was not going to be that serious. It was going to be. I'm half convinced that his Japanese voice actor was told to do a French accent. Oh, <laughs> oh really? I mean, he's he's um, I, you yeah. know, it, some 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 of the line readings would make uh, some sense with that in mind. But you know, mm. obviously, that's just you know, I just want to believe that. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's a uh, uh, Unsho Ishizuka, uh, who is famous yeah. for Jet, Jet Black. Like when you need a guy playing big guys, it's him. Uh, also Professor Oak, famous big guy. Not big guy, but... <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mr. Satan, Satan, second Mr. Second Satan. Mr. Satan. Yeah. Man. 
we yeah, would sort this he out. Is, he is uh, not around anymore. Um, yeah. He's also like, you know, the he is the voice. He was the voice actor for like Liam Neeson and Lawrence Fishburne, right? Like they're getting guys who like have a cachet of being the action guys um, to represent this sort of like, you know, foreign military. What that what that foreignness is very nebulous, clearly not Asian, right? Like his team yes. is all non-Asian people. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically when he meets Kagami is, uh, is uh, like, oh, I did. I thought all the Japanese were weak and pathetic, right? Like extremely like loaded, normal Western versus Japan like ideology. Yeah, like it's a fucking sports anime. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every single time a sports anime shows up and you go, oh, it's the racist arc where they're going to have to. I was thinking, I was they, thinking they get a box. robo, but yes. <laughs> that too. Yeah. They they do punch each other in the face at the same time. Like it's like it's a boxing anime. Yes. Oh, they, they, yes. He hits him with the cross counter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is clearly a, uh, a movie that is just like, fully pulling from anything that could be remotely related to this idea. Um, it's yeah. good. It, that part's really good. Like, it's like, you know, part the main plot is like an apocalypse now where she's sent to go get this guy. Uh, but in the context of a cop anime, so she's a cop running her. There's a bit where she puts on her cop outfit to go be a cop. And it's like, oh, th- what these people need is a police officer. <laughs> uh, that whole scene's so funny. Cause it's got like an ass shot. I'm like, what that come from? Just, this is not a fan service movie. I guess I guess you're it, having fun making it. But like it's, it, the, the funny thing is the whole thing is like she immediately um she gets her cop outfit on. She's like, you know, she gets undressed, she gets dressed, she's talking to someone on a secret line. She's like, okay, it's time to go do these people need direction. I will bring them direction and clarity. Walks out, frees her like house slave, um, thinking I'm gonna recommend her. I'm going to like recruit her into my purpose because we're the same, her and I, and has already drank the water that this woman poisoned on direction from the people who like own and control her, (laughs) who walk in and shoot her in the fucking head. Yes. Um, Yeah. Like she just, she just is like, it's like, it's meant, I I feel like it's meant to be darkly funny and that she thinks that they're the same and they are not the same. Her social structure just is incompatible with the world she's in. I mean, like, Akana was never part of an underclass, like, ever in her life. Yeah, but she's like, oh, I'm like this, I'm like this woman, just scrappy, trying to make it up. And she's actually closer to Wong, but just could never see it and can't actually understand any Wong's actual motivations, right? I mean, the entire thing with Akane as, like, an incredible character in the, like, all-time anime character is that the the premise of the civil system uh, and the mystery of the first season is about what do you do with criminally asymptomatic people, which means people who are just murdering people nonstop, but they don't have a proper crime coefficient. This system has inefficiencies. How, does it, how do they deal with them? Uh, and the answer is they're actually in charge of the system. They get turned into the brains in the jars. The system itself is, like, in, in, in incorporating all of its weaknesses to like strengthen itself doing the capitalism thing like it's just very basic uh allegory and the thing that i kind of doesn't see is she's just the next level of that she is like a check and balance on the system that is like really good at understanding exactly what will piss people off about its actions and tempering them because they're too like machine focused she's literally like she's, the heart yeah. of the system yeah she's she's their number one tool yeah um but also represents a thing that you see in, like, you know, these developed nations, like you said, yes. of people who have just lived and breathed the system so long that even when they understand it is a failed system, can't imagine a world without it. Right? Well, 
she doesn't even want a world without it. She she wants a world where the, like well, the, you know that's the thing is like she does she can't even conceive of what if like the system should be destroyed and something else should take its place and it's fine if that like leads to strife and violence. Uh, a, her only her only vision is reform. There's a moment where she's talking to Kogami and she's like, well, "Why did you join up with the gorillas?" And the question like the the question that Kogami answers is, "Uh, you know you're going to lose." And he's like, well, no, we didn't. We were going to win. We had a real shot. Don't know why Sybil and Han get along so well. Yeah. Yeah, like, is like, these should be, there should not be a way where this, like, warlord in this country should accept the civil system. Why did this happen? It's like, um, you know, the, the levels of propaganda of, like, you know, you, you realize... Uh, America's not the big heroes of the world, but then there's the, yeah. the second layer of like, also they're too powerful and they never lose anything. It's like, no, they do. Yeah. And yeah, I kind of just can't see it. Yeah. And the answer was that Han was willing to accept the weapons. And before he realized that came with a brain in a jar, it was too late. And he's a brain in a jar. Yes. Oh no, he's just, he's presu- presumably he's just dead. And now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's brain. what I mean. Yeah. Is like, yeah, he's just been totally replaced, but there's a moment like even before she gets there, where like all this was set up under a real chairman Han's idea that he was going to take the Japanese technology, arm his wars, like warriors with it, and then take control of the country when like before the civil system could notice. Cause they like uh, on the plane ride, the civil system is like, they think that they're like calling back to a modem in Japan or something, right? Like they think it's a computer that they are accessing and not a living set of people like brains that are coming to take over this country for them. Yes. Um, and the, the brain in the jar twist is just, it's just, it's so, it's so good. Cause first of all, it's fucking stupid. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is like a thousand super evil geniuses in jars running the country right? the like country. it's like, it's like corny but also it, it recognizes that like systems are just things people made up yeah it's the it's the like the 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 detail the metal gets solid four could never quite tie because it's also doing this plot and it couldn't it couldn't do it it was reaching for it and it fell flat on its face because it was too big a task uh of like, okay, you have the Patriots and they've controlled the world, but they're not, they're, they're just machines. How do you deal with that? Um, and it instead took a hard left turn into going back to zero or whatever. Uh, Sonny fixed it. <laughs> um, whereas here, like, civil system having a will and just being someone you can argue with is so good. Because, like, this is why Akane matters so much in that she can all, she can talk civil system down from the ledge and the civil system knows they are under no threat from her. She's like the number one fucking PR agency. <laughs> Yes, I I love the idea that she thinks that one day she's going to reveal the civil system to the public, and the public aren't going to be like, okay, seems all right. She she did that. She she thinks that the people will do something that she could not do, um, which right. is outrageous. Like this is what this is like her like this is the heart of like her liberalism that drives why the show is interesting, right? It's like she looks at this and goes, "This is evil." But I'll accept it because I'm willing to take on the burden. But someone else will someday point to it and be like, this is too far. She's the only person who's empowered in the situation she's in to do anything about it. And if she won't do it, no one will. Yeah. So there's like a thing with this movie where it came out and people were disappointed that it wasn't like a finale. Like the civil system versus <laughs> the cops, which why would that ever happen? Like I, that's never going to happen. That's not they what the cops they, are. The cops can't fire their guns unless the system lets them. Um and I know, I know it's like some people find this movie uh, superfluous. Like it is barely, it's, you know, another adventure in another country uh, in some conflict that doesn't matter, which is a tact that many anime movies take. Uh, we've gone to the land of whatever and a thing's happening. Ooh. Uh, which I just think is like, 
really um, rude to how considered this movie is. <laughs> I, I get how you could see that on the surface, uh, but everything it's doing is, is so intentional and you don't want the movie where the cops fight the civil system. Why would they do that? They're the cops, they protect the civil system. Yes. No, you're right. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I like this movie a lot. I think it's really smart. It also just looks really good, and it, the action's really strong in it. Yeah, <laughs> it's sick. The part that I haven't like, we haven't really talked about, is the part where like the fights are really good. <laughs> They're pretty cool fights. Yeah. There's a there's a fight like uh, the first fight with the mercenaries where Kogami's fighting a lot of them at the same time, yes. and it really drops like the frame rate, and it's yes. really cool. Yeah, it goes really expressive with the animation, which is not a thing Psychopaths typically does. And everyone's just really lanky and all the moves are really fluid and there's a lot of like cool like stretch and foreshortening happening. It's just, it's neat. It's very good. Uh, yeah, all the um, fight scenes are really dynamic and I really like how the like flat CG mechs work into it. Um, yes. They specifically apparently were pulling from bottoms and I feel like that shows. I was about to say, because like... One of my favorite things in the anime is the late Vodums, specifically uh, Pals and Files, Alone Again, and Phantom Chapter, uh, where like uh, Takahara is, is it Takahara or Takahashi? Which one? I'm getting Takahara is a good Ghibli guy. This is Takahara. Yeah, Takahashi. Uh, yes. Uh, Takahashi. Yes. Uh, has like just like everyone else, he just has got the potential for CG animation in mecha shows, uh, and despite literally other people working simultaneously on bottoms going the way you would normally do and shading them properly and making trying to fit them in with the aesthetic of the show uh instead just like shades them like a ps1 game these are like blocks of metal from another universe forced into this world they look incredible and uh psychopaths the movie doesn't go that far but it definitely has a similar effect uh and um i think a, a real part of it that works so well is how uh all the guns are cg even like the guns they're holding just in their hands. The, the dominators mm -hmm. are always CG uh, items. Uh, and the the yeah. scene with uh, the gorillas in the old capital fighting the drones, um, mm -hmm. well, getting gunned down by the drones, uh, is like really the 3D really really adds to it. Yeah, that whole yeah. scene is also like, man, remember the first season of Code Geass when it was like, damn, the show has it. No, <laughs> it was not actually like that. That that it you he basically that, does the that thing. does happen in episode yeah in yeah, the, the first three episodes of Code Geass he's looking at the screen all the dots are flashing they're doing the gorilla yes, thing but also it's happening under the most clear blue sky digipaint anime that's ever lived yeah well it was two thousand and seven <laughs> what do you want <laughs> that those first battles in Code Geass are sick I will go to the map for them <laughs> if um, people like that Votum's three D stuff and Urobuchi people should watch Obsolete. Oh yeah, it's very I, easy. Uh, I will. There are point. like twelve episodes. They're all ten minutes long. I should have a look at that. Um, but yeah, there's just like a, a willingness to do people people fighting mechs. It feels insurmountable in the same way that like when when people like go like what? How could you even like how like how could the U.S. have an armed uprising? Because all the cops have tanks, and the thing is. People can destroy tanks. It's happened. It, it will keep happening. It can happen. It's not that if, if people are really dedicated, they'll defeat the tanks like at great cost, perhaps. But you see that in this movie where like they're taking out guys like it doesn't matter how cool your mech is when a van hits it like sideswipes it at like 30 miles an hour. The thing's destroyed. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're doing guerrilla warfare, right? Like, like when, yes. when Kogami is attacking a mech, he does not shoot the mech. He shoots the big part of rubble ahead, uh, yes. and the mech gets crushed. Um, yeah. But the uh, inference from all these fights is, like, they can win these fights, uh, but each one of them will cost, like, 10 men at least. Yes. Um, 
and you just don't have infinite people because this is a guerrilla warfare yes. uh in like a in it's like death throes right death throes, they're yeah. losing um and uh there's there's no like way to solve for uh their the literal strategy of uh Sayun is to wipe out the the guerrillas it's not to like beat an enemy force right it, they yeah. want they they get their objective ultimately in the battle of attrition uh yeah even though like the whole thing with guerrilla warfare is through attrition and through making it really fucking annoying for colonizers they will often go home that just yeah. isn't an option here well yeah because it's not they are they are like the colonizing is one step removed and the japan is shipping the technology but it's the people who live here who want the country right yeah. which is like the the thing that has changed in how a lot of imperialism happens post like the 1970s right like the uh you get Vietnam, right? And the guerrilla warfare in that in that situation, America fucking loses. They're so bad at it. Uh, and this is much more indicative of like, you know, you'll shish an American PMC will work for a state like dictatorship that will help you like to create some kind of order, right? It, you don't have as much. Uh, it's much harder to do this kind of warfare against an amorphous privatized robotic system than it yeah. is an army that can just yeah. get tired. Yeah, this is this is the U.S. shipping arms to the Middle East, yes. to, so they can fight wars mm. in our name, right? Like, right, and like you know, the, the shift of America going to Afghanistan, but then like taking all the troops out twenty years later, but there's still a bunch of Americans working for like you know various companies still security contracting, quote unquote, because uh, of course there is. But yeah, I movie's fantastic. It, um, it, for us it's very much like yeah well, i agree yeah <laughs> yes i knew all that uh but it did it did feel like the first time we watched it like oh shit someone's just saying the things that we always have to like interpret it's just on the screen this time because uh, we you're were, like you're like how could anyone ignore that like ignore what is being said here and then you read any of the reviews you're like oh that's how i guess damn yeah, there's so many reviews. I'm gonna go to my animals right now. Let's fucking do it. I'm suffering on this podcast. We got time. Yeah, um, there's a there's like I I had like an interesting back and forth with a friend of mine after he had watched this movie dubbed, and it was kind of like uh you know we kind of landed on uh, the fact that the the language switching was missing was he felt like you know the movie kind of took it it took the whole spiel on the plane with like the weird. Shin Megami Tensei plot that the psychiatrist guy was setting up with like, oh yeah, you know, life outside of Sybil is uh, Hobbes' state of nature, but here it's all very tightly rigid and ordered um, and, you know, ignoring the centuries of history that's yeah. know, conveniently missing from the narrative. Uh, so yeah. I can see how, I I can see it would be easier to sidestep uh, quite getting the movie, but also uh, top, top, uh, top review on my list. Here's a little, little quote from this. Um, in essence, the movie is an exploration of what happened when the civil system falls into the wrong hands. It's it's the same oh. hands. It's in the same hand. The whole point is one hand. It's just it's just the system. The system is the hand. <laughs> in the brain. The brain's in the jar. The hands are the brains in the jar. Uh, uh, the movie has never given enough time to actually probe into these questions. Instead, trying choosing to focus more on the action scenes and answering all the thoughtful philosophical questions it raises which i guess like this 
I, I don't understand this because obviously we're like, oh, there's all these ideas to Pro One, but I, it doesn't like spell them out. It doesn't say, here's the actual path to freeing yourself from a network the, of empirical the imperialism. Thing, the thing is, violence is the answer to imperialism. Right. <laughs> the, violence yeah, is I, the answer the movie, to colonialism. I suppose the movie does answer the question at the very end with the kid just holding the gun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the answer is is writ in centuries of people picking up guns or swords or anything and fighting their oppressors. Um, that's a valid answer. I understand that, like to like people living in the empire, that's like all oh, discourse has failed. Um, there's no discourse around someone wants your land and wants to own you and everything you produce for the rest of your life. Yes. Desmond Rudiganda recommends the book The Wretched of the Earth. <laughs> Which is about picking up fucking guns. <laughs> and what you do after you've killed all the motherfuckers who want your shit. Uh, yeah. I cannot recommend Wretched of the Earth enough. It's a really good book. I reread it uh, in the lead up to this. I knew we wouldn't really talk about it that much, but it's really fucking good. Because it not only, first of all, it's like exactly like, if you think violence is like somehow the wrong answer, then you, you, you're you benefiting from empire, obviously, and how that breaks down. But then also like, once you kick all the, once you actually take control of the country, what does it look like to organize that? Which is the thing a lot of you feel a lot of hand wringing around. Like, if we got rid of the police, if we if we overthrew the United States government, what would it even look like? It'd be like people have done it. It many of times. It's difficult, especially if you leave moneyed interests around. Uh, yeah. You got to kill all those fuckers, or they'll just he, come back. Um, he really gets into just like actual like practical concerns of like, oh, yes. what happens if you do this? What happens if you don't do this? It's yeah, it's really good. why why does it seem like the intelligentsia always like is originally for the violence, but then turns against it when it says it goes too far. Gets into that how you deal with those people, how you just like do you you could just get rid of them all, but you should probably try to incorporate some of them into uh, your new nation. What do you do versus like urban versus rural populations because they are have very different interests and very different value systems um it's just fucking good that's just like a workbook on how to deal with this that part's a really interesting part of like it doesn't come up in the movie but in, in season one uh one of like the late revelations uh that's that's uh, spot on thank you again uh is that there is no rural population in japan um they just put they put everyone in the cities and the entire like production machine of like the grain is just automated because uh, the entire back half of that season is like takes place in a automated like um food production facility yeah let me tell you about the, the the narrative of the american farmer versus the reality of american farming right right <laughs> it's it's so good um because uh it's just one of those details that is like ghost in the shell standalone complex specifically uh ghost in the shell it like is many different things but like in the movie it's this ethereal look into like what happens to the self and the person uh in this this corporatized world uh and is a uh, very sad and about like being a you know the major sad how do you get to be a human when what is being a human is being redefined by corporations all the time um but the satellite complex tries to like have its cake and eat it too and do that in a more uh grounded real politics situation and, and which is kind of in the book because um uh shiro is all about that but i'm, I'm not a big shiro fan uh, i don't think he tackles that stuff that well uh and if you know, if you listen to GGP, we when it's got to answering those questions in the second season of uh, uh, Satellite Complex, we were all like, "Shut up! This is stupid." Uh, and uh, I feel like psychopaths really exist in the shadow of Satellite Complex uh, in terms of like showing it up. It's not in the shadow of it, the opposite way. Uh, if it just is like, no, you can't answer all these questions. You don't have to like a look at how technology changes society can still be done without going to like weird 
techno-utopian visions of like what the person will change right the, the, they're just reflective of things that already happen in how like technology and production is already structured psychopaths tr- <laughs> Robushi's trick is uh <laughs> is just you know it's all the like metaphysical stuff is coming from characters existing in what is just like a very you know just thought out material world mm-hmm. uh and it's uh all the like uh, high-minded stuff is, you know, just layered on top. It's like, you know, people reflecting on things that are that are just real. And it's, it's good. It's a good show. Yeah. Good movie. I gotta go finish Kamen Rider Gaim. Um, the... I gotta watch any other Kamen Rider first. <laughs> the, uh, my, one of my favorite parts of the movie, uh, as we kind of wrap this up, um, at the end, uh... Sudimori has revealed the, the corruption and Chairman Han's going to step down and allow for a democratic election. Uh, the, the 500 people in charge of policing the nation have all been rounded up because they're criminals. They're probably dead. And a bunch of guys we've never seen have been turned over. Like you're in charge of the military now. And you just see a bunch of like third tier, like un, like barely animated NPCs basically in, in the uniforms now. And uh, Sudimori is like, good job, everybody. And the fucking first ED hits as they get on a plane and fly away. <laughs> it's so good. It's literally abdicating responsibility. Sick ED players. It's so they, good. they all they all. She salutes these terrible wannabes and just leaves. Yes. Um, the, the the whole that whole situation is so funny because it's like uh, you know how in any uh, anime with four main characters in the high school you get that shot where it's like who check out who in this uh, assembly uh, at the high school is the main character and it's the six people with proper hair. Um, it's what if all those people died and the random other people in the in the class now had to like run the military? This <laughs> uh, is, is how this movie ends. It almost has to be deliberate, right? Like I've always assumed that's meant. Yes, (laughs) I mean, yeah, because like this this movie is well animated. It's a beautiful looking movie. It's had some money in it. Uh, Well, specifically that being the shot in which they drop the ED also feels like yes, you know what you're doing. You know that this is ridiculous. Like it turns all of Akani's efforts into farce, uh, which they are. They should be. Like that's the point. This is like you know Wong's uh, intricate hair versus some guys you've drawn (laughs) in five minutes. Yes. Uh, yeah, um, it, it's fun. <laughs> uh, I, I, I assume, I don't know, like, you look at the reactions and I don't think most people read Akane's speech at the end as, like, total joke, even though it's clearly intended to be. Uh, I, I know that, like, a common complaint is if you don't sit through the credits, you don't understand the movie, which is, like, only true if you are inclined to agree with her at the starts. Um, but it is a nice stinger to be like, yes, of course this wasn't going to work. You fucking moron. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Unless anyone has anything else, I guess that's a podcast. I believe that would be a podcast. Sick. What a good movie. I don't have anything else. Oh, yeah. Thank you for making uh, us thank watch you for this bringing again. this. Yeah, letting yeah, us I've, talk about it. Yeah. Like, I you know, give the people what they want. Yeah, the psychopath um, movie. It's so good. Um, someday I'll watch the rest of it. Probably. I'm just out of curiosity. Uh, I want to play. I actually yeah. want to play the visual novel. That's the thing I really want to do. Because that takes place like before the reveals of season one. Um, Wait, so the, oh, nothing yes, can happen. 
Yeah, but like, what does that even look like? That <laughs> I played like an hour of it, and I was really bored, so I didn't continue with it. That's how you feel about all visual novels. I've not played that many. <laughs> That's why. Um. Anyway. Um. Uh. Okay. Next month. Beach House is not over. I know we've like we're winding down the tier. Um, we still owe Emma something, and we haven't heard back about that yet. Um, but next month it's just going to be you and me, Jackson, as we go back to the heady days of two thousand six, and we watch the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. Sweet. Um, we will be watching season one only in yes only in Kion order, original TV broadcast order. I don't want to, if you have other thoughts about this, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> this is what we're doing. Yes. Uh, as this Ed, has been considered for years, literally, we're doing Kion order. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very curious because I know, was the DVD in a different order? Is this the thing? Are there two official orders? Because like, obviously. There's, there's Kion order. There's Haruhi order, which is chronological. There's season one DVD order. And then there's 2009 broadcast order that puts all the seasons, like season one, season two together. That's so many orders. Well, we'll be watching the initial broadcast order, how it was yes. aired on television. At the st- yes. Because th- that decision was also made intentionally, so... Yes. Yeah. Um, I, the other the other is just... I mean, the only one I could suggest is the one that mixes them all up, but I, I kind of like the idea of us having to grapple season two as a separate thing, like people did when season two came out. It's like three um, years later. It is a different thing. Yeah. It's a different thing. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, anyway, uh, that's what we'll be doing. That's um, what... 14 episodes so please look forward to that about that yeah um that'll be in january at some point and it'll be great because okay to be fair i saw this in like 2007 and i thought it was great but that was a, that was literally forever ago yeah <laughs> so long 15 years ago we've been playing on this episode for ages and i i yeah. read the first novel in like oh i should i'm the person who likes to read the things first let's try it and the first novel was so fucking terrible i did not continue with that that journey um so I'm very curious. It was it was very, very bad, but in a way that could very easily be solved with smart adaptation, which I trust Akiani yeah. with. I remember loving this show. There's sequence of it. I still watch regularly on YouTube. People who've seen it know what I'm talking about. Um, but also I had seen like five anime ever. So <laughs> Yeah. Um anyway. You never know. Those for. those anime can surprise you. Psychopaths was like the fifth anime I ever watched. Yeah. That kind of broke me on everything else for a while. <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. Your first anime is still your favorite anime, I think. Um, is... Naruto is not my favorite anime. Not you. <laughs> I was talking about <laughs> Dragon Ball. Mine's okay. Sailor Moon. I watched Dragon Ball because it came on after Sailor Moon. Okay. Well, <laughs> I watched Sailor Moon <laughs> first because it aired earlier. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> well, no, that's, I, I was watching Sailor Moon and I was like, I guess I'll watch this fight show. It looks kind of cool and got into it. Um, uh, and I would not say Sailor Moon is my favorite anime. In fact, uh, I wish Sailor Moon was better, honestly, but it, you know, I have a lot of affection for it. Uh, whereas Dragon Sailor Ball, Moon is like the middest thing I'm like really go to bat for. <laughs> What's my middest thing that I'll go to bat for? I guess Naruto. I get Naruto is the Code peak. Yes. <laughs> Naruto does not belong, does not deserve going to bat for. And yet here you are. No, I'm saying that Naruto is the most mid elementally. You I know can that's get. what I mean. Yeah. I, I kind of love it for that. Code Geass is never mid. 
No, uh, it can be terrible. It can be great, <laughs> but at no point is it mid. It can veer wildly just, between extremes. Know, I would say I'm I would say Code Geass, fights. Don't worry about me. Code Geass can be mid, and it's called Akira the Exiled, and we will cover that in no, seven years. No, no, because Akira the Exiled is fucking terrible. That's not mid. The mid. reason it's terrible is because it's boring. It's so deathly boring. That's still bad. Mids mean some baseline of acceptable quality. Bad, like narrative. Bad is when the girl fucks a table. That's bad. Is it bad? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's fucking the table out to presage of making a nuke. Oh my god. And that's the good season. I know. Uh, talk about some fucking betrayals of China and an anime about imperialism. You've got some code gears coming up in five years. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Red, would you like to do any plugs? Uh, mm, no, actually, okay. I'm good. <laughs> no. uh, I, mm, mm, I mean, you have a, a there's a there's an abnormal mapping network show in which you know you can listen to the wretched of the earth in its entirety. That's true. That's true. You know, we do never plug that. Um, if you want to listen, uh, about wretch of the earth. I uh, listen to Re- listen to Wretch of the Earth. You can listen to uh, our our friend Gary does a podcast called Leftist Rating on the Abnormal Mapping Network. Go to abnormalmapping.com. Just look for it. Um, it's a lot of discussion and like read throughs of, of foundational leftist texts. Um, it's honestly like a, it turned into like an enormous resource. <laughs> Gary's been doing work. Right. When it started, you're like, oh, that's a cool thing to do. And then you've done it for two years and then you just have like yeah. this massive broad knowledge of theory. Mm. Yeah. Gary's read way more books on the subject than I have. Yeah, I've read like <laughs> this a few. Um, <laughs> yeah. But damn. Because instead of chipping away at that, I have to fucking watch Digimon every week. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> Thank God. Capital Volume um, 2 doesn't get into Gilmon. God. I wish Gilmon uh, was in Capital. <laughs> <laughs> He's, I think Mark's have a lot of very obvious things to say about anime, but I would like to read them anyway. <laughs> Uh, Mark would not watch anime. I actually don't know what, no, what is. No, but he uh, would opine about anime production because it's the same as every production. I'm I'm thinking about like he likes to make weird references because I I did read Capital and it, it's kind of boring but it's really good. Um, which is the you know that's the reason you don't normally you know you give everyone the Communist Manifesto and the nerds can read Capital. Uh, but he likes to make very weird literary references. So I do wonder what Mark's anime taste would be. Anyway. This podcast plugs. is done. Oh, no, right. Plugs, we plugs, have to plugs. plug. I have to plug on this fucking podcast. You can follow me at Headfalls Off on the websites, uh, wherever that may be, you know, any given time. Uh, Twitter at the moment. Um, you can uh, find the podcast that me and I do at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, a whole bunch of cool pods there. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. I'm on co-host at em dash being. You can support all of our podcasts at patreon.com slash mapping. For $1 a month, you get the Great Gundam Project. We are about to start, as, as of next week, uh, where this comes out. This comes on Friday. Next week, we're starting Seed Destiny, yeah. which I'm sure will be a time. We're also watching Aura Battler Dunbine, which is Tomino's fancy mecha epic from the 80s. Oh, that one's going to be sick. I just know in my heart. I've seen 10 episodes of it. It's fucking sick. The first um, two minutes of Aura Battler Dunbine made me laugh so hard I had to like pause and take a drink. <laughs> really? <laughs> He gets Isakai without saying a word. There's no character establishment. He just yeah, fucking no, no, no. disappears. Yeah. So that's yeah, a no. little teaser. Go to Bison Well. Yeah. Uh, Shazama's at Bison Well and all's right in the world. 
Anyway, uh, for $5, you get Blockbusters, where once a month we sit down and talk about a Hollywood movie. We recently did Saturday Night Fever, which is a really good movie. Uh, in January, we're doing Treasure Planet, which I've neither of us have seen, so that'll be interesting. Um, there's a bunch of those. And for $10, you get VoIP Life, where every two weeks we just kind of goof off or do lists or sometimes there's planning. Um, our most recent one's a bunch of plans for 2023 for the podcasts. Um, it's good. People like it. I like it. So... If you'd like to support us, check that out. Uh, this podcast is mostly people who've brought us stuff, and that's going to not happen anymore. But uh, Beach House should still keep going because the house still exists. Romba Rao has to look at a screen every once in a while, or it'll be really sad. Oh, uh, on the Wikipedia page for Psychopath the Movie, it says that like the initial inspiration for this was uh, Gundam Away the Mess Team, which I just don't believe. I understand they say that, but I don't believe it other than it's also inspired by Apocalypse Now and other war movies. Yeah, well, we're not going to talk about the mess team here. We're, we had a good time and we're about to leave. So Bye. thank you, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye.